not wanting to look weak or not wanting to look like we can't handle it or that we need someone else to help us. And what I realized is that it's not that at all. In fact, when we learn to ask for help, which I know we'll get into, that's how we become stronger and better and more capable, you know? Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. We have here today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Caitlin Anthony. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ani. I'm excited to be here. So Caitlin is an empowerment coach, podcaster, and multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to helping women to come back home to their authentic selves, build resilience, trade in stress for sanity, and overhaul their limiting belief systems. She's been through it all, divorce, motherhood, entrepreneurship, career changes, and rebuilding from nothing. And she uses her life experiences, professional training and community to coach women to claim their personal power, have more agency, and live their happily ever now. On today's episode, Caitlin will be sharing how saying I'm fine is code for send help and what we as moms can say and do instead. So I'm excited to get into this conversation because I know so many of us have just said, I am fine way too often. (laughs) So before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and what got you to be where you are today? Yes. I, um, you know, anytime I get asked the journey question, it's so funny because it's, it's a long one, but (laughs) I have now over the years learned to sum it up. Um, but I truly like to touch on even these little parts, because I believe that if we look for it, you know, the signs are there and, you know, people ask, did you see yourself doing what you're doing now? And, you know, 10 years ago, and the answer was, No, but now that I'm here, I can see that I was supposed to be here right through, through the whole journey. So, um, starting about, you know, uh, 15 years ago, I was a a full-time fashion stylist between uh, New York and LA for celebrity clientele. Um, I was living what most people would call like the dream life, you know, traveling single, um, young, and just having a good time, but the industry was exhausting and, um, the work was demanding and I wanted something different for my life. 
at the same time that this was going on, I also was dipping my toe in the water into fitness and health. Um, my whole life I had struggled with, uh, my weight and not feeling really good or healthy. And when I moved to LA, um, I just said, you know, too many people out here are wearing denim cutoff shorts and it's ridiculous that I'm young and I don't feel confident, um, in my body to do that. And so I discovered fitness running and also personal development, which was a game changer, as you know. And, um, so through that, I lost 80 pounds, um, which was a massive transformation. And I also became in love with running and it was through running that I met my now ex-husband. Um, but we, um, you know, once we met, he had a fitness business and then, you know, next thing is we're opening a gym. So I went into the next sphere and career change of my life, which was fitness and, um, being an entrepreneur. And through that journey, we also had our daughter who's now five and a half. And so, you know, five and a half years ago on the outside, I was that mom saying, I'm fine everything is totally fine. And at night I was basically on the verge of tears or crumbling and feeling really lost in my identity as a woman. And I had lost my confidence and I was really kind of feeling unsure. Um, that combined with a marriage that probably shouldn't have been a marriage really started to take a toll on me. And, um, after a lot of deliberation and thought, um, I just, you know, decided to ask for a divorce. And that was probably one of the biggest pivotal moments in my life as divorces usually are. And it was at that time that a lot was going on in my life. Um, I had also, you know, while I was getting divorced, I met who is now my partner. And so there was a transition of a new relationship. I was still a young mom and I had then leaving the fitness world that I had been in for the last six, seven years into what am I going to do now? And so, yeah, it was through all of those little pieces, um, that I discovered the beam life, which is what I have now, my business. And it really started because when I was going through this journey, I needed community. I needed support. I'm also a very big verbal communicator. So when I was getting advice to like journal it out, I'm like, mm, journaling isn't working for me because I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. <laughs> so I started my podcast and I didn't think anyone would even listen because I was like, I just need an outlet. And then I started getting all of these, um, notes and DMS and texts, like your message is really relating to me and whether or not they were going through a divorce, it was what you talk about often people pleasing and the feeling kind of this weird transitional period where it's like, okay, yes, I'm a mom but what does that mean for me now as a woman? And so these topics really resonated with these women. And I was like, I think I really have something here and I love to coach. I want to serve. And if I can help one woman 
not feel stuck or to know that there is a way out of feeling stuck, um, then that's worth everything. So yeah, that's, that's sort of a, as quick as I can make 15 years. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I am curious. What is, what is the beam life? Like, can yes. you tell me a little bit more about that? Cause when I first saw your website it was thebeamlife.com. I, I was confused as to what that meant. Cause it's not your yes. name. I was thinking like, I was thinking maybe Caitlin beam, but it's not. So what is the beam life? Yes. The beam life. That's a great question stands for be everything and more. And also being a beam of light, you know, okay. and what I wanted to do was be at the beginning, the beam of light for another woman who was coming up and feeling this, like, I just need to see a little bit of light to know like that, that there's hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as my community has grown, our light is getting bigger and we're able to shed more light and more possibility for other women. So it is a women's empowerment community. Um, first and foremost, but there's also a podcast and there's also, um, you know, we have a private group and then I'm also a one-on-one and group coach. So we are many things, but most importantly, a sign of hope for women. Love that. So let's dive into the saying I'm fine. And that really being that call for help. Tell us more about, about that idea. Yeah. So this started to come about because as I was going through my divorce, I was also in therapy and doing a lot of deep work because going through that experience made me realize I never want to end up back here again. How did I get here? Like, I don't understand. I'm a smart, self-sufficient, independent woman. How did I get into this codependent situation where I feel like I was taking care of everyone and everything at the expense of myself. So I was through, through this therapy and this awareness, I started to realize that I was using that word a lot. I'm fine. I'm fine. And to the fact, and to the point that everyone really did think I was fine because when I told everyone slowly, but surely that I was getting a divorce, people were were all shocked, shocked. They were like, what? And, and, and my close friends knew, you know, of course that things weren't going great, but even my close friends were kind of like, huh? And it was like, I had put on such a good face that it really, when it came to like me needing support, no one knew to even ask what, if I even needed support or a, a, a shoulder to cry on, or just an ear just so I can talk no one knew to ask me because they didn't even know that anything was going on. So right, they looked at you as the strong yeah. woman who had it all under control and everything exactly. was good in your life. So yeah, I became aware that I was just, I'm like, why didn't anyone, even my family know? And it was like, oh, that's because I keep saying I'm fine. Everything's fine. Like it's all <laughs> great. We're doing awesome over here. And, um, part of that is of course, um, ego, you know, I think that there is a lot of pride and ego into not wanting to look weak or not wanting to look like we can't handle it or that we need someone else to help us. And what I realized is that it's 
not that at all. In fact, when we learn to ask for help, which I know we'll get into, that's how we become stronger and better and more capable, you know? Right. That was actually going to be one of my questions was why do you, why in your opinion, do you think that women seem like feel that they have to put on a happy face and not let anyone in on their emotions? And you mentioned the ego and that pride and, and wanting to portray this like strong, independent woman when inside the emotional needs are still there, but we, we tend not to communicate them. And even, even more than that, we tend not to even know what it is that we need like exactly. what those emotional needs are to be even able to ask in the first place. Yeah. And, and I think what has also not been super helpful is of course, you know, social media, because, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm looking at my girlfriends and they're also all saying I'm fine and only posting like the best pictures the from their vacations, reel. you yeah. know, um, I'm looking at them and I'm like, well, their life is together. And then, so even when we go out to dinner, I'm like, well, I'm not going to say my life is in shambles because (laughs) they're going to think I'm like loser or something because they're like PTO president. They're, you know, bringing their kids out for vacations and money's flowing in and life is perfect. Their relationship is impeccable. And, um, you know, the truth is, we're all going through something. So right. That social media definitely perpetuates that whole idea that everyone is fine and everyone's got it together. And it makes us feel, it reinforces that belief of not being enough and feeling like you're failing in all your totally. Yeah. The inadequacy is, is really can be very intense if you allow it to take over. Hey moms can't catch a good night's sleep these days. I've got you sleep matters. And because it does, not getting the quantity or the quality you need can have detrimental effects on your health and well-being. To feel your best and not only to get through the day, but to have an absolutely amazing day, you've got to get the sleep your body and mind needs, which is why I developed Sleep Matters, a course for moms to help you take care of yourself and get the kind of sleep you deserve. In this course, I teach you cognitive and behavioral strategies used in the treatment of insomnia. We work to minimize the sleep worries, re-equate your bed with sleep, set you up with a sound nighttime routine, and establish an environment that is conducive to sleep. Don't waste another night tossing and turning. Enroll in Sleep Matters, self-care for the troubled sleeper. And finally, get your Z's. So what are, what are some of the steps? Like, what's the first step? If you find, you know, the next time I'm sure the people who are, all of you who are listening to this, right. The next time the words I'm fine comes out of your mouth. I want you to think back on this episode and what would be that first step to to stopping that cycle? The best in order to do, to have any kind of breakthrough change, um, you have to have clarity and you need to be aware, awareness, clarity, kind of the same thing. And what that actually involves is getting quiet, you know, as moms or as busy professionals, we've got a million things. We're pulled in a million different directions 
all the time, right? Just before this episode started, you're talking about, you know, you've got one kid mowing the lawn, you've got your dog, you've got this podcast starting. I mean, that was just right now. Right. That was all within you know? five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right when so, we started. And who knows what else I didn't know about what was going on with you. Right. right? And so same thing here, I've got a million different things going all the time. And so we are distracted and we're, you even said it earlier, we don't even know what we need because we haven't even had time to think about it. it. And so it's like, when, when you say like, I'm fine, that should be like a red flag. Am I actually fine? Like, am I really fine? You know, like getting, asking yourself and just taking a few minutes in the morning or at night, if that's when you think best, I'm a, I'm a morning thinker, but to really like analyze your mood for the day mm-hmm. and kind of like get in touch. Cause sometimes I notice in the morning, I'm feeling maybe a little bit anxious. I'm feeling a little bit, you know, excited, or I'm feeling really joyful or energetic or tired, you know, all these things. So being in tune with your emotions and being aware of your situation is, is step one for sure is, is just being clear. I agree. Like not even waiting until somebody asks you how you're doing, Yes. but instead asking yourself, how am I doing? But like being intentional about making that time to reflect on your feelings. I always say that I've, I've recommended this to clients about printing out one of those feelings lists. I mean, you could just Google feelings list, print that out. And that way you can at least put a name to how it is that you're feeling, because we tend to just hang on to those five, like five basic emotions. And mm-hmm. then we're just like, you know, Oh, I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm excited. You know, instead of like putting an actual name of pinpointing what it is that you're feeling, just doing that act alone will help you make sense of it and begin to process that whole, how yes. you're feeling. A huge tool too, speaking of emotions and naming them is Brene Brown's Atlas of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a, if you don't like to read, she also did a special on HBO and she talks about how same thing. Most people can only name like happy, sad, mad, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's it. Right. Um, and so there's, you know, I think she names like 140 something, but she goes into detail about some really specific ones. And it's so helpful when we have language around what it exactly is that we are feeling in the moment, because that helps us to explain to our, you know, families or our kids or our partners, our coworkers, Mm -hmm. what is it exactly that we're feeling? Right. Right. And you brought up a a really good point earlier when you were saying that you were not a journaler, like people were telling you to just journal about it and everything and you weren't, but I mean, it's the same purpose the journaling, whether you're, you're speaking it or you're writing it, you know, into a, like a recorder, you're blogging, whatever medium you choose. That's not the point. Like the point is just putting those words to all of the thoughts that are swirling around in your mind, because the more that they are swirling, the more anxiety you feel, the more negative emotions you feel. And then it goes right back to that clarity piece, putting it in black and white or saying it out loud brings in more of the senses and brings more clarity to all of those things that are swirling around. Absolutely. Getting it out of your body is so necessary. (laughs) So what should we do or say instead? You've already said, you know, increasing that awareness and putting some words to your thoughts and your feelings. What, 
what are we supposed to say? Like, instead of saying I am fine, how did you begin? It's, you know, it obviously is going to depend who you're talking to. Um, sometimes I'm fine is the appropriate answer. If you're just so like, a stranger, like out, a stranger, you <laughs> boundaries and like, all that. well, actually, you know, at the grocery <laughs> store, you're not going to tell somebody that. And if that's you, that's cool too. Um, but what I started to do was be honest. And I think that that goes a long way with with people who you decide to have these intimate, closer relationships with. And that really kind of started with my girlfriends where they would say, you know, Hey, what's going on? How are you? And instead of me being like, Oh, it's fine. I would just say, you know what? Today's kind of a hard day. Um, X, Y, and Z. And I just, um, I need to kind of, I would love to be able to kind of talk about it if that's okay. Or I would just leave it as, it's kind of a hard day today, you know, mm-hmm. or oppositely when things were going great, I would say, you know, today's, today's a great day. I'm actually like feeling like there's a little bit of hope today. So just being really honest about what it is that you are feeling in that day, um, I think is, is super important. And if you are in a relationship or, you know, you have someone that you share a home with, um, it's, I think important to almost like check each other's pulse in the morning and just be like, how are you doing? And instead of just, cause oftentimes what we set up at home is what we're setting up for the outside world, right? Like if we can't even tell our partner what's really going on because, you know, they're shuffling the papers to get ready for work and packing the lunches and you're over here getting the kid dressed and you're just passing each other by and everything's like, okay, cool. We're fine. We'll see each other at dinner. Cool. Bye. And you just in and out, right. If you can't even set up an opportunity to talk real talk within your own home, the probability of that happening with other people is not going to be very great. Right. So practicing with the people you trust the most and feeling safe because being honest about our emotions, I realize is also extraordinarily vulnerable, um, because it'll catch people off guard. It truly right, will. People aren't used to that, yeah. <laughs> especially like, if you're oh. somebody who withholds those emotions for so long, yes. when you yes. start sharing them, you're going yes. to see a huge difference in the reaction. And what you'll find, which has been like the biggest gift to me is that people will also let their walls down Mm -hmm. and you start to feel this really beautiful, honest growth of relationship, not this like surface level stuff. It's like someone else will be like, Oh yeah, girl, I totally feel you. I lost it on my kid this morning and I'm feeling like total and utter crap and it didn't feel good. And it's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. This is real life, you know? So when, when we allow ourselves to be a little more open and honest, um, it really allows for some beautiful things to happen. That's awesome. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent because it is that building those relationships takes some deeper connections than just keeping it on the surface, the small talk. 
and I'm fine would definitely correspond to, to some small talk. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So is there anything else that you can, that you want to suggest to the listeners as to how to stop saying I'm fine and start getting deeper and growing? You know, I think that what would be really maybe helpful is, um, taking time to really assess what it is that you want and need from your life. Um, again, this goes back to like taking a little bit of, of quiet time, but I think that we start to, this is like being, um, I call it like preventative health care because (laughs) this is before you get to the I'm fines. Um, it's making sure you're feeling in alignment with what it is you want from life. And I know that, you know, as I mentioned in my, um, when you asked me to tell a little bit about my story that I felt super lost and woke up out of nowhere, like, how did this happen? And it would be awesome if we didn't have to feel that way. Right. And so had I just really taken some time to like, get in my body and understand that things that my body was feeling was like that. I wasn't in alignment. I actually wasn't in a good relationship space. I wasn't working towards the things that felt good. Naturally. I was sort of just forcing everything. And so taking that opportunity to really make sure that even though you have kids, even though you might be working, even though you're in a relationship, even though you've got 10 million things, you have to remember that the most important cup to fill is yours and yours alone prior to that. And if you are as much as possible, making that a priority, you won't have to get to the I'm fines and really just put on this face, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. take, taking care of yourself, um, so that it doesn't have to get to that breaking point. If you're a super busy, stressed out mom looking to minimize self doubts, challenge unrealistic expectations and confront negative self-talk all while increasing your self-confidence, then you already know that you have to stop feeling inadequate and fully believe in yourself. That's where the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program can help. In just eight weeks, you can transform your inner critic to become your biggest cheerleader. You will learn proven methods to stop negative self-talk, break the cycle of negative thinking, and shift your self-beliefs to ones that serve you. Start treating yourself with kindness and compassion and grow your self-esteem and confidence by enrolling in the Quiet Your Inner Mean Girl program today. You can find the link in the show notes of today's episode. Speaking of taking care of yourself, what, what, how do you like to practice self-care? What are some of your go-to self-care practices? I think the most underrated self-care practice is drinking water. <laughs> staying hydrated. Honestly, you know, coming from health and wellness and, and me too, it's like the number one thing it's like, if someone's cranky, if someone has a headache, (laughs) if some, it's like, did you drink water today? So funny. It's my typical response to my kids, whatever they can play, go drink some water. It's like the teacher. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I, water, I, you'll be fine. <laughs> maybe it was because my mom constantly drank water and still does. And it was like a thing. I don't know. So for me, I think it's the most underrated self-care practice. I always carry my massive bottle mm-hmm. around and make sure I have four of them a day. And it's like, that keeps me like very regular and hydrated. And I think that's physical self-care. Um, but I, I think in terms of emotional, um, self-care and something a little bit different is, um, lately I would say over the last maybe two years, I've really gotten into breath work. Um, everyone kept suggesting meditation, 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 and now I meditate, but that was very overwhelming to me at the time. And I, got diagnosed with ADHD as an adult only four years ago. And it makes me now I'm like, Oh, this is why meditation has always been so such a struggle for me, but I found breath work and that was like more of action. Like I could do something Mm -hmm. and it allowed my mind to sort of ease off of the things that I needed to do. And and lastly, cause I think there's a lot of things we could all do, but one of the biggest ones too, is not over committing yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest self-care practices that we can do is learning to say no and to create protect some our, yeah, create, create protect our peace, protect mm-hmm. our space, um, is so imperative and, you know, doing those things while drinking water is a successful, (laughs) successful self-care. Love that. Love that. So what book can you recommend to the listeners or that have, Um, or a book that's greatly impacted your life? Yes. I would say there's, there's two really amazing books. One is Atlas of the heart by Brene Brown that I just, and I think it's relevant to our, our conversation today. Cause that is a big book, but it's like, every page is a different emotion. So you don't have to read it in order. You can kind of flip to an emotion and read about it in great detail, um, which I think is so helpful. And the other one I would say is untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, that book changed my life for lots of reasons. I have a very similar story to Glennon. And so when I was going through my divorce and also entering into this new relationship. I found a lot of solace in that, but she also talks about how, um, as a mother, if you're not like, it's a huge disservice to our children. If we are not living our best, most intended lives. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that line, it just like, boom, you know, waterworks coming out of my eyes because we feel so much guilt all the time as like, am I making the wrong decision? And to read a book that makes you feel so much less guilty. And in fact, it validates your feelings. It's powerful. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So where can listeners find you? Well, before we get into that, you, you have a free gift or, or somewhere to send our listeners yes. to help them increase that awareness. You want to talk a bit about that a bit? Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, self-care, prioritizing yourself and becoming aware if, you know, you might be on the verge of I'm fine, or maybe you're already in the red zone. Mm-hmm. 
But if you would like a little bit of a quicker way to create some awareness about where you're at right now in that journey, um, I have a quiz that's it's called, are you prioritizing or powering through? And, um, yeah, it'll be in the show notes. If you want to take the quick quiz, it's no more than five minutes and it's well worth the time. Yes, definitely go take that quiz. So where can listeners find you, Caitlin? Yeah. So I am very active on Instagram. I would say that's like the number one place and it's just at the beam life. And, um, I love meeting new people. So please DM. That's my favorite thing is getting into conversation. Same thing on Facebook. You can find me Caitlin Anthony and, um, my podcast is the beam life. So it's anywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on today and sharing with us all about all your wisdom. (laughs) Thank you, Ani, for having me. This was so much fun. I love talking to moms. For the first 10 years of being a mom, I told myself that I did not have the time to go out with friends or to learn a new hobby. I told myself that my focus now had to be on my children and they were my responsibility and my responsibility alone. I would feel guilty if I did anything fun without my children and husband, and I'd feel resentful since my husband seemed to just come and go without any of the kids even noticing. I, on the other hand, would get bombarded by my kids if I said I was going for a walk alone, so I stopped trying. I stopped making dates with friends, and I stopped knowing who I was. I didn't know how to ask for help, and I felt weak and like I wasn't a good mom because I wanted it. I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask. I became a control freak, really, trying to control everything and everyone, because if things weren't in order, it reflected on me and my worthiness. I filled my plate. Boy, was I busy. I volunteered. I led groups. I got involved in everything. Looking back, I can see clearly that I was trying to prove my my worth, but really it was exhausting, and it led me to feeling like a failure because I just couldn't keep up. I fed myself all kinds of lies. I don't have time. I don't need that walk. I can do this alone. I thought that the world was going to fall apart if I did something I enjoyed. And I told myself this for so long, I actually stopped knowing what it was that I even enjoyed. Sad, I know. But can you relate? I felt trapped by my own excuses. But it wasn't until I started recognizing them for what they were that I was able to finally break free from them. I created a guide to help other moms break free from the lies and to start taking care of themselves. It took me 10 years. It definitely doesn't have to take you that long. I'll put the link to this guide in the show notes so that you can grab your copy and be on your way to breaking free from the guilt and start rediscovering who you are under that mom hat. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.